How are we doing? Is that right? Is that right? Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your spirit at work in us. We thank you that you never left us alone, but you've um, you sent your spirit to dwell within us, that we're adopted as sons into the household of God. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. And we recognize afresh today that without you, we are nothing, and apart from you, we can do nothing. It is truly all about Jesus. May Jesus be on our lips. May the presence and the glory of you, Jesus, be manifested in and through our lives more and more, that more people will be touched and come to know you. Oh. So, Lord, we submit to you, we surrender to you, we say, have your way in us. Help us to shake off those things that need to be shaken off in Jesus' name. Help us to make decisions about things that need to be made, that we would align ourselves with you in these key days and that we would be your hands and your feet and your mouthpiece, that we would be your living testimonies and witnesses in this region that you've placed us in. Lord, that men and women and children would come to know you, Jesus. So we simply say this morning, let your word become so real to us. Holy Spirit, take that word and impact it into our hearts and lives. May your presence just move amongst us and minister to us today. In Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know about you, but For me, it's like the Lord is doing a deep work. He's doing a deep work in hearts, and I've been sharing about that a little bit on and off of Facebook and some words that the Lord has been giving me over the last couple of weeks. The Lord is doing a deep work in, in, in hearts. And when the Lord speaks to you about stuff, you've got one of two choices. You can resist Him, and your heart becomes hard, or you can receive it with a soft heart. You know, there are people in Scripture, when the, when, the, when the prophet came to, and David was one of them, when the prophet came to David, and David realized what he'd done, and he'd sinned before the Lord, he, you know, he, he humbled himself, he repented, he threw himself before God, and he cried out to God. But then there are others in Scripture, like King Azar, and others that had a prophet visit them to um, tell them about something that they'd done wrong, and what did they do? They hardened their heart. And there's a danger when God is speaking to us, whether it's in our own personal, private times, whether it's in prayer, whether it's in devotion, or whether it's through, you know, in a corporate sense like this, there's a danger that if we harden our hearts because we realize that that is the first thing in falling away. And so I want to implore us today, I don't, know if that's, I don't even know if that's the right word, is that a good word, implore? What does implore mean? <laughs> it just popped into my spirit. It's good? Okay. I implore you to keep your hearts open. I implore you to keep your hearts soft. Because our God is a good God. And if He's speaking to you about something, it's for your good. Because He is good. Amen? So this, He's doing a deep work in hearts. So deep. I think I shared... No, it wasn't last Sunday because Steve spoke. It must have been the Sunday before. You know, I shared the fact that 
I'm finding myself at the moment just sitting in my lounge room, just sitting in my quiet time, you know, and just, just tears just begin to well up as God speaks to me about stuff. He's doing a deep work in hearts and stuff has to go. We can't walk in things that we've been walking in. Stuff has to go. The worst thing you can do is walk in pride and arrogance right now. Because the Lord is accenting humility. He's accenting surrender. He's accenting a servant heart. Imagine what, a, you know, what, what Bundaberg would look like if we walked in humility before the Lord. We walked in surrender before the Lord and we, look, and we walked with a servant heart. Imagine if every believer, every Christian in this region began to serve other people in love. What would, what would change? You know, Neil, a couple of Friday nights at prayer, he shared this verse of Scripture, and it always pops up from time to time. And, and it's like, yeah, absolutely. And it says in Isaiah 40, it says, A voice of one crying out, Prepare the way of the Lord in the wilderness. Make straight a highway for our God in the desert. It's in the wilderness and it's in the desert that God moves. He moves us forth. And it says, so, you know, you say, well, prepare the way of the Lord. How, how do we prepare the way of the Lord? Every valley will be lifted up and every mountain and hill will be leveled. The uneven ground will become smooth and the rough places are plain. That is how you prepare the Lord. Every valley, every area in your life, you know, that is, that is, that is not living to the potential that is in God. Anything that you're trapped in, anything that you're harboring, it's got to be lifted up. Anything that's full of pride, anything that's arrogance, anything that's about man needs to be brought down. And the two meet. And then the Holy Spirit just smooths out those rough stones. And he makes it a highway for the glory of the Lord to come in. Are you with me? Every valley raised up, every mountain laid low. And the glory of the Lord will appear and all humanity together will see it for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And I really believe in my spirit that that is what God is wanting to do in our hearts and lives and in the church here in this city. That we would see a highway for our God. That people would see the glory of God in this city. Are you with me? That's about 10, I think. So the Lord led me today to speak about setting the Lord before us. What a powerful principle. Such a powerful principle that leads us to worship. It leads us to overcome. And it leads us to live for Jesus 24-7 as we set the Lord before us. You know, David in Psalm 16, that's where it's taken. And it's also recorded uh, as Peter was preaching on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. But David penned this and he said in uh, Psalm 16, I want to read verse 5 to 9. Lord, you are my portion and my cup of blessing. You hold my future in your hands. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I will bless the Lord who counsels me, even at night when, when my thoughts trouble me. I set the Lord before me always. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. 
Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole body rejoices. My whole being rejoices. My body rests securely. David learned a principle about setting the Lord before him always. And yes, he is in us, and yes, he is with us, but it does not negate the fact that we need to set the Lord before us. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. People misunderstand the fear of the Lord as if, whoa, we run away from that. That's Old Testament stuff. No, no, no. It is living with God before you. You live so differently when God is before you other than if he's in your backpack and you pull him out when you're going through something bad and you pull him, ooh, and you put him out in front of you then. But if you live with God before you, if you set the Lord before you always, you live differently. Amen? You can't, you can't just steal that little bit of money or you can't just tell that lie that you think you're going to tell because it's like, oh, it's God in you. It's the Holy Spirit in you. You can't do that kind of stuff. But if you put him in your backpack and you just live in life and you just pull him out when you need him, you know, we wonder why we're just pulling and pushing and shoving and trying our best. We've got to set the Lord before us. Please hear me. It doesn't, yes, he is in us. His presence is in us. He is with us. He is amongst us. But it doesn't negate the fact that we need to set him before us. David said, I have set the Lord before me at all times. Woo! At all times. You know, I was just praying. I was praying the other day in the lounge room and, and, you know, the Lord reminded me. I think I pulled that bit of wire out somewhere. Anyway, we'll get there. David said, my soul, he said, my soul follows hard after you. The heart of David, he says, my soul follows hard after you. And the Lord reminded me of that. You know, that verse of Scripture just came alive and it was like, my soul follows hard after you, God. And then the Lord whispered in my ear, he said, son, you can't follow hard after something you're not fixed upon. Do you get that? You can't follow hard after something you're not fixed upon. When I saw my wife, well, she wasn't my wife. She was beautiful to my eyes. I looked at her. And in a way, I followed hard after her. <laughs> but I was fixed upon her. I wasn't like looking, oh. She had my attention. Do we get that? She had my attention. And it's the same with God. When David said, my soul follows hard after you, he wasn't going, mm, distracted. What else is there? No, no, no. His eyes were set upon the Lord. And he said, my soul follows hard after you. I have tasted and seen that you are good. Your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And the Psalms just started rolling out of him. The songs just started flying out of him because he tasted and seen the Lord. And he set the Lord before him always. Except for a couple of times. Well, let's be real. He had a couple of things that happened. Setting the Lord before us is the key to worship. It's the key to worship. 
It's just like, eh, I'm singing a song. You set the Lord before you and you just begin to worship. The praise, the adoration, the worship, even if you don't really know what, what words you're trying to say, it just begins to flow from your being. Amen? Setting the Lord before you is the key to day-to-day life. It's the key to overcome battles. David said, I have set the Lord before me. Because he is my right hand, I will not be shaken. No wonder he was a warrior who could face battles and overcome. No wonder, because he had the Lord set before him. He wasn't looking at the stuff that others were looking at. He found that he could strengthen himself and he could encourage himself in God. And if Liz was sitting over there right now, she'd say, that. There's, there's Tim speaking about the Holy Spirit gym again. You know, people are so, you know, society is so, you know, focused on being fit, healthy, you know, our bodies. And yes, it says, Paul says, you know, um, being fit in our bodies has, has some use. But spiritual fitness is so much better. It's time we've got to go to the Holy Spirit gym and we've got to learn to encourage ourselves in God because you know what? There's stuff that's happening in this world. There's stuff that's happening around us and we've got to learn to encourage ourselves in the Lord. It's the key to our day-to-day life. You know, I used to be, and I'll just share just a little bit, you know, it used to take me days if something knocked me. Has anyone ever had something that's knocked them, like kind of knocked them sideways? It used to take me days to get over it. I'd be like, oh, God, what is going on? Anyone ever been like that? Just, okay, there's a few of us been real. That's good. (laughs) But you know what? As you... As you set the Lord before you and as you worship him and as you seek his face and you spend time with him, those days become hours and those hours became minutes. It's the same prophetically. I used to get in a crowded room and I was like, you know, I had a friend who was my mentor in the prophetic and he was like, God is saying this and I'm going, I can't hear anything, it's so noisy. But he taught me and the Holy Spirit led me to learn how to be still in the midst of the noise and to hear his voice. Set the Lord before you. Are we going good today? David was a worshipper. I said that a couple of weeks ago. He loved seeking the face of God. We can't read all these scripture verses today unless you want us to be here for a long time, but we've got baptism, so we better keep going. Psalm 27. I love Psalm 27. It's one of my favorites. One of my favorite Psalms is Psalm 27. Go away and read it. Just let the Holy Spirit speak to you through it. Verse 8 is my, one of my all-time favorite verses for me because it's, it speaks of the heart. And God doesn't look at the external things. He looks at the heart. And we need to look at the heart of people. We need to see what's really going on because that's what God's looking at. And it says, when you said, this is when God said, seek my face, my heart said, your face, I will seek. The word came and God, from God and David just responded and said, God, your face, I will seek. He was a worshiper. He loved seeking the face of God. The presence of God was central to his reign and life. 
You know, that's one of the things, isn't it? I don't know whether we realize this at times, but, you know, when David committed that sin and, you know, with Bathsheba and had a husband killed and all that kind of stuff, and when the prophet Nathan came to him and confronted him about that, you know, David didn't, David didn't say like, oh, God, you know, restore my kingship. He didn't say, oh, no, what's going to happen? He wasn't focused on that. What did he say? He said, do not banish me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. That was the cry of his heart. It was, he, he wasn't focused upon the other stuff. See, that's why you can tell that the presence of God was central to David because that was his cry. In the moment when you are oppressed, what's on the inside comes out. You can't get apple juice out of oranges. Whatever is on the inside comes out. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, and that happens when you get pressed. And that's why you can always go, oh, I need more of Jesus. <laughs> I need more of Jesus still. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have acted like that. shouldn't have done that. More of Jesus. Or is that just me? Okay, right it was central. The presence of God was central to his life. Amen? And if you read Psalms and you read David's Psalms, I don't know whether we realize this. I'm presuming that some of you, like at least do. These Psalms weren't written all on mountaintop experiences. You know, he wasn't David like on a mountaintop going, Woo, Jesus, praise the Lord. He was being harassed. He was being pursued. He was, his life was being threatened. He was in a cave. He was in all these different places, and it was in those places that he penned the Psalms. And he reminded himself about who God was and what he had seen God do. That is setting the Lord before you. When there's something that's going on in your life and in your situation, and the temptation is to give that all your focus, or your focus back on the Lord, and you set yourself or you set him before you and you begin to encourage yourself in the Lord and you are reminded about what he's done, who he is and what he said and what he will do. That's how we overcome. As he worshipped the Lord, he set the Lord before him. You know, our perspective changes, doesn't it, when we set our faces on the Lord? Yes? Yes? When we set our face towards him, our perspective changes. And that's why David could say in that psalm, he said, yeah, because the Lord is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. He couldn't say that in any other way unless he had the Lord before him. Because the rest of you would be like, this is not going to end good. I'm in trouble right now. These people are pursuing my life and I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm fearful of my life. No, no, no. He said, I will not be shaken. Though an army breaks out against me, I will not be shaken, he says in another psalm. Woo! What confidence he had in God. You know, people that are confident in the Lord today often get called arrogant, and that is so bad. That is so wrong. Arrogance is when you're confident in yourself. And there's a difference between when you're confident in yourself and when you're confident in the Lord. That is called confidence. So as David set the Lord before him, he worshipped. And it was through, this, through these times of worship that he became a warrior. There's a key for us today. Worship him. Worship him. And let the Spirit of God bring a fresh boldness. Let the Spirit of God bring a fresh strength, courage. Become the warrior 
that you are in Christ. Amen? We are warriors. And then David became a king. He ruled and reigned as a man after God's own heart. So I'll say this this morning. The Lord is definitely leading us on. The last week or so, he's been telling me, I'm leading you into greener pastures. I'm leading you into greener pastures. I'm leading you into greener pastures. But you know what? To go further, we have to go deeper. I don't know a lot about trees and stuff, but I do know that you need a healthy, well-established root system for the tree to go healthy and strong. I've given you that revelation today, okay? (laughs) Sorry, that was a very bad joke, wasn't it? But to go further, you need to go deeper. The roots need to go deeper. They spread out and they start to draw in water from places where there doesn't seem to be water. Yeah? That's how trees survive in drought. They're drawing nutrients out when you go, man, it's dry on top. But they go searching. They go searching for the water. They go searching for the nutrients to keep. And so we have to go deeper. If we want to go further, we have to go deeper. So as you, as you continually set the Lord before you, several things happen. I want to just speak about these for a couple of minutes. As you set the Lord before him, you will worship him. You cannot have the Lord before you and not be led into worship. Unless your heart becomes hard and you run the other way. He is so beautiful. He is so holy. He is so awesome. He is so mighty. I remember once then I was in a um, prayer time and I was praying and the Lord just told me, just go over to this person over there and just pray for them. You know, I just, the only thing I prayed was, Lord, that this lady Wendy would see you in all your glory. And I left that her space. I just left. And the next minute, she just started sobbing. Sobbing, 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 sobbing. And she came up to me at the end of that prayer gathering that time and she said, I saw Jesus. In a vision, I saw Jesus. She said, I'd, I'd had images of the Father. I'd felt the Holy Spirit, but I'd never seen Jesus. Worship him. Put your focus on him. Psalm 63. We're in the Psalms a bit today because David wrote quite a few of them. God, you are my God. I eagerly Seek you. Eagerly. What does that word mean? Anybody? Yes. And I just go, well, when I feel like it, I will. Eagerly. With desperation. With passion. I seek you. This fan does blow your pages over a bit, doesn't it, Bruce? I thirst for you. My body faints for you in a land that is dry and desolate and without water. 
So I gaze on you in the sanctuary, O Lord, to see your strength and your glory. My lips will glorify you because your faithful love is better than life. So I will bless you as long as I live. And at your name, I will lift up my hands. You satisfy me as with richest of foods. My mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I think of you... As I lie on my bed, I meditate on you through the watches of the night because you are my helper. I will rejoice in the shadow of your wings. My soul follows hard after you. Worship him. As you set the Lord before you, you will worship him. The Holy Spirit will lead you into worship that you didn't realize that even existed. I thought... 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago, I knew what worship was and I had no idea. (laughs) The Lord just continues to open it up and up and up as you set the Lord before you always. Amen. As you set the Lord before you always, you will live at peace. You will live at peace. Isaiah 26 verse 3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Do we get that? You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. The battleground of the mind. Anyone ever experienced that before? Stuff comes in, thoughts come in, words come in, you go, ah! But as you set the Lord, as you focus on him, his peace says that it will guard his heart, your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. You can have peace when everyone else around you doesn't have peace if you set the Lord before you. Amen? You will walk in humility. When you set the Lord before you, you will walk with a humble heart because you realize that you are nothing and he is everything. Jesus said that in John 15, apart from me, you can do nothing. And as you walk in humility before him, you will begin to wash each other's feet the way Jesus washed the disciples' feet. You will love, you will serve. Even those that hold stuff against you, have, do we realize that when we move in the opposite spirit, things change? Have you ever been in a situation where two people had an issue with each other? And one took the righteous way and said, I'm going to wash the other person's feet. Not, well, actually, I did see that once. Figured it, like, actually. But sometimes it can be that I'm going to choose to love that person. I'm going to choose to pray for that person. I'm going to choose to honor that person. I'm going to choose to do those things. And you see what happens? (laughs) The two hearts get connected together again where there's been an issue. When you walk in humility, you will walk in humility when you set the law before you. You will look different to the world, and I've already spoken about that briefly. You know, that the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When you set the law before you, you walk differently to other people. You don't just do what the world does. And if I could be so bold this morning, part of the problem with the witness of the church in today's society is that many Christians don't look any different to those people that are in the world. And it's time that we are set apart for Jesus and we live for him. We live with integrity, we live with authenticity, we live in truth, we live in righteousness. Everything that Jesus has provided for us, we need to live in. But for some reason, we don't choose to do that. But the, the, the essence of the new covenant in Ezekiel 36 is he said, I will give you a new heart. 
and I will put my spirit in you, and I will move you. It's not us trying to try whip it up. It's not us doing it for God. It is God through us. Steve spoke it so beautifully last week, didn't he? So beautifully. Bless our brother. Waste yourself on Jesus. Which is really no waste at all. When you set the law before you, you will see people and situations differently. You will see people the way the Lord sees them, not the way you currently see them. You will see the same situation from a different perspective because the Lord is now before you. And you're seeing it through His eyes. You're seeing it through His lens. You're not seeing it with your own natural eyes. Amen? Jesus. It was said of Jesus in Isaiah 42 verse 3, and it was also written in Matthew 12, a bruised reed he would not break. That is our Jesus. That is our Jesus. A bruised reed. Someone who's been beaten around by life, he would not break. How beautiful is that? How beautiful is that? You will see people differently when you looked at them through the eyes of Jesus. So I guess as I've already said as I've closed today, I sense in my spirit that the Lord is leading us into greener pastures. But our response has to be to go deeper. And part of that is to set the Lord before us at all times. Seek Him. When when you're driving your car, when you're walking down the street, when you're with people, set the Lord before you. See how conversations change when you set the Lord before you. I get encouraged by some things, and I had someone say to me a couple of weeks ago, I really like hanging around, having a couple with people after you know, after this part of the gathering, because people talk about Jesus. And I've been in other places where they talk about everything everything else but Jesus. Conversations change when you set the law before you. You don't just want to talk about your new car or your latest hobby or your whatever. You want to talk about Jesus. And you, and you want to say to each other, how's your walk with Jesus going? How are you really going? What's really happening in your life? And you want to build up and strengthen and encourage each each, each other in God. Amen. It's our response. And I would say at this time, you know, let the worshippers arise 24-7 because he is rebuilding his temple. There's a restoration that's happening. There's a rebuilding that's going on and it's the church. It's his church. It's his bride. It's his people. Amen. We're not a temple anymore made with, with stones We are a temple together as people, the people of God, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, that we would set our our faces towards him, we would set the Lord before us always. Amen? I hope that's encouraged you in some way. Stirred you, given you a different perspective. Set the law before you.
One of the things that I've been praying of late, I just really feel as, as like as I've been praying, this word ex- ex- acceleration and advancement keep coming. Acceleration and advancement, acceleration and, and advancement. You know, I look at the early church. I look at the early church and I see acceleration and I see advancement. You can't read the book of Acts and not see acceleration and advancement. Why, why was there such acceleration and advancement compared to the church today? Because they live for Jesus 24-7. They were constantly catching up with people. They were ministering. They were sharing. They were, they were having people in their homes. You know, that's why we say home groups, connect groups, impact groups, all this kind of stuff is so important. Because it helps us in our acceleration and it helps us in our advancement. It's like if you go to the gym five days a week, you kind of get your muscles quicker. But if you only go every now and then when you feel like it, you really don't make much gain, do you? So the Lord is encouraging us, set him before you. Set him before you as you set him before you. It's the key to acceleration and advancement in his plans and purposes. Amen. So today, if there's somebody here today that doesn't know Jesus, then today is a great day. And if you feel like you've been wandering in your walk and in your life and you've been wandering around and you need to come back to Jesus, today is a great day. Amen. And if you have made that decision to go, you know what, I want to follow Jesus and you haven't been baptized, then today is a great day. Come and see me. Come down to Kelly's Beach. Encourage those being baptized today. Because they're your brothers and sisters in Christ. Get your thongs out. Or wear bare feet on the beach. Jesus. Jesus. Let's just respond to him today through the words of this song, through the Spirit of God at work in us. Let's respond to Jesus today and say, Lord, I just come back to you more and more and more. That you would that you would be before me always. That I would be so aware of your presence. I'd be so aware of your glory that I would just live for you 24-7, that I would live that life of worship. I would be like a Nazarite set apart for you, God. That the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be you and you alone, Jesus. That people wouldn't see me anymore, people wouldn't see us anymore, but they would see Jesus. Like Like the teachers of the law, they took note that these men had been with Jesus that people would take note that we've been with Jesus. Amen. Oh, Jesus. If you need prayer for anything, you need healing in any way, that the front is always open for you to come and receive that today. Let's just respond to him today. Jesus. Jesus. We come to you.